Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. Um, it's hard to understate the value of dads in our lives, um, or at least the potential value they have. Certainly, my brother and my, my brother-in-law have articulated that. There's this famous study done in Switzerland, um, and uh, I'm not... Sorry, I'm going to move these around a little bit. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a study that's often quoted by church people. Um, and the research, is, it basically, the research showed that if both a father and a mother uh, attend church regularly... 33% of their children would end up as regular churchgoers, uh, 41% irregular, 25% would, not, would choose to not go at all. Uh, interesting. Um, if a father is non-practicing and the mother is a regular attender, only 2% of their children will become regular worshipers, while 37% will attend irregularly, and then over 60% uh, of their children will not attend at all. And then this interesting, this interesting point. If the father is a regular attender, but the mother's not practicing, then 38% of their children become regular attenders, uh, 44% irregular, and, and on. Um, those are shocking results. And certainly, you can, make a, you, can make a, you can make a study of anything, you know, say whatever you want to say, but those are shocking and politically incorrect, um, and you can do whatever you want with them, but... I, I, what the point that I want to put out to you or I want to suggest to you is that fathers, so important, such impact in the lives of, of the people that they, they invest in. Um, some research shows, shows that uh, girls with, with fathers, father figures, um, they feel more protected. Probably not, not hard for you to guess that. Um, daughters who believe that their fathers care about them have significantly um, fewer suicide attempts, fewer in- in- instances of body dissatisfaction, depression, low self-esteem, substance abuse, unhealthy weight. Um, boys without fathers or father figures are twice as likely to drop out of school um, and twice as likely to go to jail. Uh, Bill Glass, a pastor um, who spent almost... Um, Every weekend for, for 25 years, counseling inmates uh, said among the thousands of prisoners that he's counseled um, in, in his lifetime, he's never had one who genuinely loved their dad. That, that's, that's so powerful. Um, I've shared this with some of you guys before. Uh, there was um, Bill Glass and his team. They did, this, they did this thing where they brought in, they worked with the car company, and they brought in tons of cars for Mother's Day. So they, they had all the inmates have this opportunity to come and do a card and send a card to their mom for Mother's Day. And it was wildly successful. The card company had to come back the next day with more cards so that they could, they could meet, the, uh, meet the demand for it. And so they thought, this was awesome. Let's do this again for Father's Day. Not one. Not one person. And, and I think, I think what that speaks to is certainly heartbreaking, but it speaks to the value of dads 
in the lives of their children. And many, many of us, many of us uh, as guys, we want to leave a mark on the world. Um, we dream about how we can change the world by doing big things, um, the, by, by making speeches or making money or, or making our way up the ladder. Um, but, but all we have to do to make, leave our lasting mark on the world is decide to dive to ourselves and invest in other people. And bam, you've left a mark that's going to live on beyond you. And it could live on for generation and generation and generation after that. That is our calling to die to ourselves, invest in others. With all that influence to change the world, surprisingly, the Bible only speaks a couple times specifically to fathers, which I think is really, really interesting. Um, let, let me share one of those. It says this. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Another version of it says it like this. Um, this, is, this is Colossians 3, 21. It says, fathers, do not make your children bitter or they will lose And I think it's interesting that this verse is only directed to fathers. It doesn't say like parents or, hey, moms and dads, uh, d- d- you know, don't, don't discourage your children. I think it's interesting that it's only said to fathers. Why is that? Why is this only directed to fathers? Um, if, um, if your boss was going on vacation and right before she left, she said, okay, guys, let's have a meeting. I'm, I'm, let's bring everybody into the room. And she's going over like some final instructions before she leaves for vacation. And she might say things like, um, make sure those reports are in by Wednesday um, and check with management if you have any big purchases. And, and then what if at the end of all her like instructions and her announcements and things like that, she says, and um, Daryl, don't do anything stupid. Okay, thanks. All right, we're out. <laughs> I, if I'm standing there that meeting, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Well, do I normally do things that are stupid? And, and, and somebody's nodding their head back there. Like, yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, why would I be singled out like that? You only address a statement like that to a specific person if that person has a tendency to, to make you look stupid or do things. Here, it says, fathers don't make your children bitter, probably because you have the tendency to do that. There are prisons full of men who are bitter at their dads. Don't do it. They'll become discouraged. They'll lose hope. Fathers, a verse like this should wake us up um, and make us think, man, if, that, if that's my tendency, if, if, I, if I might be drawn into that to, to make kids bitter or discouraged, I want to do the opposite of that. I want, I want to think about the opposite of that. And so that's what I want to do today is, is put, that, put that out there. What's the opposite of that? Um, it, it says, be the kind of man who produces the opposite of discouragement in the lives of the people that you invest in. So let me, let, me, let me share with you what that looks like. Um, first, it looks like this. Um, <clears throat> the opposite of being discouraged is to be hopeful. There's a hint of that in the verse. The opposite of being discouraged is to be happy. I'll explain that. I'm going to break that out more. And then the opposite of being discouraged is being confident and courageous. Um, and I love that. That's, that's one of the things I love to live into in my life. Um, so negative approach of verse 21 uh, has this positive aspect as well. Don't make your children bitter, bitter and discourage them. Avoid that behavior, but also pursue this other kind of behavior, the kind uh, that, that gives hope, um, the kind that, that, that gives happiness, that gives confidence. Um, and, and clearly... The only reason we have hope is because of the Father uh, in heaven. 
he shows us what it looks like. The only reason that we have hope for anything, he's our guide that we can live in such a way where we copy him or invest. In life. But guys, our lives have to be a parable. And, and, and maybe you've heard this in church world before. When, when people see us, they see our father. Our lives are to be a parable of what the father in heaven is like. As close as we can. What is the father like? I want, I, want to, I want to be able to say, watch me. You want to know what God is like? Okay, watch me. And, and maybe that sounds arrogant to you, but I want to say that. I want you to be able to say that. I want you to be confident in that. And, and most of us are not very confident in saying stuff like that. But I want you to look at the people that you invest in and say, hey, do you want to know what the father's like? Watch me. Not because I'm great, not because I'm awesome, but because he is great and he can empower me to do it. So I'm going to just break these out really quick and then we'll be done. Um, so one, one, one way fathers, um, first one, fathers, don't make your children bitter, bitter but fill them with hope. And we've, we've talked about this in a recent series um, that, that the, the hope that Christ gives isn't, isn't like I hope the Lions win eight games this year. Um, that's, that's I'm hoping something, you know, that's wishful kind of hope. Our Father puts a hope in us that we can count on. Um, that, that the fathers that we've, that we've seen before us, we can say, man, that is what I want to be like. Uh, not hope. Uh, and I think that as fathers, we, 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 uh, we give our kids hope in lots of different things. Um, hoping a good edu- education. Uh, hoping to get in a good job someday, hoping financial freedom or hoping getting married or hoping being successful. It's certainly as the world defines success. But this is a kind of hope and confidence in God. Confidence that he's going to do what he says he said, 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 said he would. So listen to this. Um, therefore, get your minds ready. Get your minds ready for action by being fully sober and set your hope completely on the grace that will be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Our confidence, our hope is in in Jesus being revealed in our lives now, revealed in our lives now, and revealed when he comes back and he shows up in person, confidence that that's going to happen. And confidence that he can reveal himself in you now. That's what would give you the confidence to say something like, hey, you want to know what the father's like? Watch me. I, and I know me. I know that I, I'm, I, I screwed up earlier. I screwed up this morning. I'm going to screw up later on this afternoon. But the reason why I can say to my son and my daughter, hey, you want to know what the father's like? Watch me. It's because of Jesus Christ. Only. Set your mind. And your hope on that and live hopefully and pass on that hope to those that you love and you raise and you invest in and you believe in and you put your you die to yourself and invest in. Set your mind and your hope on that. Look, let's pretend. um, Let's pretend for a second. uh, Your dad uh, goes away on a work trip somewhere, let's say Germany. Um, And when he arrives home, he gathers the family around. He says, "Okay, everybody, let's let's gather around. Um, uh, I'm going to tell you some stories about my trip. Um, and, and he breaks out gifts. He breaks out gifts. Uh, often, when you go on a trip, you bring gifts back home to your family. So this, this, this is what he does. He's got so you got he's got your whole family in, a, in the living room and dining room, and he's telling you stories about what it was like. And he starts breaking out these gifts. And so he's got a, he's got a Germany T-shirt for your mom. Super cool. That's what you do. Like when you go to Germany, you get a Germany T-shirt. Um, German chocolate, uh, not a cake, but like so you know some some foreign chocolate for you for your siblings. Um, and then. 
He doesn't have anything for you. He has no gift for you. He got a gift for your mom. He got a gift for your siblings. And your mom and your siblings are kind of like, oh, wow. This is embarrassing. Uh, you, uh, you, you probably feel awful. And you're like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm totally fine. And I was like, no, I mean, I, I, you, you're probably trying to, to hide it or hold it back or hold back the tears. Um, and, and you're like, no, no, you, you try to reassure them. You say, really, I'm not bad. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Here's why. Here's why. Before your dad started the family meeting, he pulled you aside and he said, I don't have your gift here, but while I was visiting the BMW factory in Germany, I ordered you a custom-made BMW. It should be here in three months. Don't tell, don't tell the rest of them, okay? So you don't care when your mama gets a T-shirt. You're like, have your crappy T-shirt. I don't care. Even though you didn't get anything in that moment, you don't care. And here's why. You have the hope of something better. Get your minds ready for action by being fully sober and set your hope completely on the grace that will be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Fathers, pass on that kind of hope. Next, fathers, don't, uh, don't make your children bitter, but fill them with happiness. So certainly uh, in church world, when we think of happiness, um, we don't often think of that being the opposite of discouragement. We think of happiness is, is what the, the world pursues. Um, certainly, uh, we don't think of the kind of happiness where we give the people that we invest in or we, our children everything they want. What do we call children who get everything they want? Spoiled. So that is clearly not what we're talking about here because there's a kind of happiness that's dangerous, that kills. Temporary happiness that we find apart from Christ is dangerous and whatever you find your happiness in, if you're finding it apart from Christ, it's, it's, it's dangerous. Because uh, that happiness has nothing to do with God. So once when Jesus was on earth, he does this miracle where he feeds thousands of people with very, very little food. And then they follow him. And they show back up again. And they, and they say, hey, Jesus, we're here. We're here. We're following you. And Jesus says, you're not here because you're interested in me. You're interested because I fed you and I made you happy because I gave you what you wanted. That kind of happiness has no value in the sight of God. And that's why Jesus calls it out in this story. But there's another kind of happiness, another kind of joy that's infinitely valuable. Um, listen to this. It says this. Why is everyone hungry for more? More, more, they say. More, more. But I have God's more than enough. More joy in an ordinary day than, than they get in their shopping sprees and that Days in, I'm ready for sound sleep. God, you have put my life back together. Fathers, don't discourage your children, but fill them with joy in God, happiness in God. Teach them and, and, and teach them early and show them even earlier. I must find my ultimate 
happiness in the kingdom of God. And, and, and they can be they can be happy in their minds, even when suffering's happening or even when they don't get what they want, because we know we can have happiness in him. And, and even when we're suffering, suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope has the happiness of the Lord attached to it. So roll up your sleeves and, and get your head in the game and be totally ready to receive the gift of the Lord that Jesus is coming and when he shows up, he will make you new and he will be doing, he's doing that right now if you allow it. Don't slip back into your old ways. Don't just do what you feel like doing. Uh, and you know better. You know better. This is, this is not where your happiness lies and you've already experienced that. So third, fathers, um, don't make your children bitter, but fill them with confidence and courage. Um, those of you guys who are uh, think about our culture right now and the, the kids who are coming up right now, they need this desperately. They need confidence and courage that Christ wants to do something in them. When, when I talk about confidence as the opposite of discouragement mentioned here in Colossians, um, it, it, it's, it's a confidence that's far different than what we're taught uh, growing up or what our teachers say to us. I'm, I'm talking about something different than self-reliance or self-confidence. Um, there, there's a thousand books about self-confidence. I, all those are, are fine. Um, the world says, don't discourage a child. Build up his self-confidence. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying don't discourage, don't discourage a child, build up his God confidence. I can, the older I get, the, the more I realize that this is true. I should, I've shared this with some of you guys before. I showed up you know, 15, 16 years ago at this church, and I'm like, I got this. I'm, a, I'm about to show you guys how to do ministry and church stuff. And now, as I, the older I get, I can't do anything. Nothing. I can do nothing. Apart from Christ. And when I showed up here, all my confidence was in me. And the longer this thing goes, God confidence is showing up. Because he lets me wreck myself and see that I have nothing to offer you. Except for him. Except for him. Jesus followers should say, don't discourage a child, build up his God confidence. My confidence will not be in what I bring to the table. This is what the world tells us. We, 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 we don't see that in the Bible ever. Lucky for us, God knows. And this, this is the funny thing about, about self-confidence. God knows that, that most of us aren't going to succeed at being self-confident in our most private moments, right? We're not, we're not going to succeed. And you, you, you do that self-talk and you listen to the tapes, and the, or the tapes. You listen to the MP3s and the videos. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and it, it's telling you to have self-confidence, but you struggle. And here's why. You know you. I know me. I know me. God confidence can rescue us from that, though. In fact, Scripture teaches that fathers should not discourage a child, but, but root out self-confidence. Replace it with God confidence. Listen to this. Um. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. 
So do you hear what that's saying? It's saying to transfer our confidence in ourselves and what we know and what we think we can do and what we think is important, God intervenes and brings and lets things that are difficult come into our lives that are, it, it says, beyond our ability to, to endure. And some of you guys are going through that right now. You're like, this is awful. In fact, it says, I wanted to die. Maybe, maybe that's, that sounds familiar to you. It says, this happens so that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. And those are, those are strong words, especially for our culture. Um, that any, any, anything that feels like it's in our way, we want to get it out. But this says, this is how God gets us to rely on him and not on ourselves. God, confidence. How, how can we apply that in our, in our own life? Think about how self-confidence moves us away from Christ. Each of us has a father in heaven. He made us and gave us life. And in that way, he's a father to all of us. But what he desires most is to be a relational father to us. Not just a I made everything kind of father, but a relational father. Each of us have a, have a biological father. We didn't get to choose that. But we do get to choose what our relationship will be with the person who, who is our biological father. Will we allow him to be a father to us? In the same way, we've got to decide if we'll allow God the Father to be a father to us. Will we allow him to adopt us and make, bring us into his family and save us from certain death uh, and eternity away from him in hell? If you've never decided to allow that to happen, as we take communion together today, just, just a few minutes, I want, I want to invite you to make that decision, yes or no. And, and, and saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't want to decide. That's a no. That's a no. And for those of us who have already accepted his invitation into his family, um, as we take communion together, I, I'd love for you, I'd, I want to ask you, are you allowing him to fill you with hope and confidence and happiness? And if you're not, you're missing out on what, what it means to follow Christ and what he wants to do in your life. And it's not an easy life, I can say that. I mean, you guys know that. It's not an easy life. But I promise that it's better. I promise that there will be suffering. There will be ch- challenges. But I promise that it's better. And as we consider this idea together, um, I, I want to I invite you to take communion together. Um, as I do that, my friend uh, Johannes is going to play. And uh, we'll take a few minutes of, of quiet to, to think on those questions. And then um, to end our communion time together, I'll show you, I'll show you a video and uh, then we'll close. We'll be all done. Um, I appreciate you guys. Uh, appreciate you guys being here. Let's pray together. Thank you for listening. If you'd like more information on our church, visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com.